Welcome to another episode of Tequila She Wrote, a podcast about cocktails and crime. I'm Trish, your bartender for today. And I'm Sloan, your crime tender for today. So grab a cocktail and buckle up for the Hot Mess Express. Toot toot! Beep beep! Welcome back to another round of cocktails. I'm your bartender today, Trisha, or Trish, however you, however we want to be today. Uh, the drink I'm doing is just a classic daiquiri. You can do daiquiris frozen or on the rocks or martini style. It doesn't matter. They're good either way. This is just a classic lime one. If you wanted to make it flavored, you just got to add your little bit of flavoring. So, what we did was one and a half ounces of a light or white rum. I used Bacardi just because that's one of my go-tos. Then we did an ounce of lime juice and a half ounce of simple syrup. They say you can also use maple syrup. I'm assuming that would probably make it a little sweeter and make the taste a little different. I would say your best bet is simple syrup. (laughs) I think I'll stick to the simple yes. syrup, personally. And you just, like I said, you shake it. You can either pour it over ice. You can either strain it. It doesn't matter. It's good either way. We really liked this one. It's very much up our alley. It has a very lime taste to it. Yes, very tart. Yes. And if you wanted less of, like, a tart, you just need to cut back on your lime juice. But it's real simple and easy drink doesn't take much like i said it's one basically you need one alcohol and that's that's it yep sweet simple to the point but we hope you make yourself a glass and you enjoy it if you want to see a recipe card or video of us making this you can check us out on instagram on tiktok on tiktok we do a little video of us making it on instagram we post a recipe card and we also post a little reel of us making the drinks we also post these episodes every tuesday and friday please make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode we also have our patreon up and running check that out for bonus (laughs) content and buckle up and enjoy the ride here comes the episode (laughs) all right and it's Sloan, your crime tender. Welcome back for another ri- another ride on the Hot Mess Express tonight. <laughs> Woo! Make sure you have your cocktail ready. This one's a little bit of a wild ride. Today we are talking about Chad 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 <laughs> Chad Wayne Langford. I can't. Clearly, read. it's been a night. It's been a long day. Today we're talking about Chad Wayne Langford. He was born in Elf Creek, California on July 2nd, 1972. I would just like to say that as an elf myself, <laughs> I would love to grow up in Elf Creek, maybe. I don't know. Just the name. Just, I don't know anything about the town. Just the name. But he was raised by his father and his grandmother. I couldn't really find any information about his mom and what happened in his childhood, but... We just know that he was raised by by his father and grandmother. 
He graduated from Elf Creek High School in the class of 1990, and after graduating, he signed up for the Army. He was briefly stationed in South Korea for a few months before he joined the military police, which would bring Chad to the Redstone Arsenal in Huntsville, Alabama. Sweet home Alabama. Chad had a great social life in Huntsville, but he was definitely more focused on work and his career with the Army. He even broke up with his girlfriend, Roxanne, because he felt like she deserved better. Chad knew he wasn't devoting his time and energy to his to their relationship, and he knew that she deserved to have somebody that would give her the time and attention that she deserved. Roxanne remembers Chad changing a little bit around this time, too, from what he wore to who he was hanging out with. So it was kind of a little worrisome, but also what what can you do? She got right. dumped. <laughs> We as couch detectives immediately start jumping to conclusions here, or at least I did. I was sure he was suffering kind of like a mental breakdown or something dramatic like that. But that's also just because, you know, like we're here to talk about a true crime case. So right. that's that's where my mind went. But a more reasonable answer for this comes from Chad's dad, Jim. He recalls Chad telling him that he was doing undercover drug related work for the army. Chad was even receiving death threats, assumingly for this undercover work. Right. Jim told his son that he needed to report these death threats to his superior. For whatever reason, Chad couldn't have consistent contact with his superior. So he had to wait 14 days between the conversation with his dad and when he would actually be able to talk to his superior. Sadly, Chad would never get that chance in the 14 days on march 12th 1992 chad went out for a routine patrol around the military base just like every other day multiple times a day as he did at 7 40 p.m chad radioed in to report i've read two different things on one website it said he reported an abandoned vehicle and on another it said he was reporting a violent motorist that he had pulled over So a little conflicting information there. When backup arrived a few minutes later, they didn't find an abandoned car or any other cars pulled over for that matter. They didn't even find Chad on the scene. But they did find his MP armband, his portable radio, and his military ID. And they were all placed kind of neatly stacked in the middle of the road. What? (laughs) Yeah. He's nowhere to be found, but his stuff is just kind of left like a little present in the middle of the road. Okay. So the officers immediately started searching. They kind of fanned out around the area that he reported that he was in trying to look for him. And they finally found him a quarter of a mile down the road. They found him and his police car. He was kind of laying outside of the car. The doors were all shut and everything. But when they found him, His mouth was stuffed with his cap. His lanyard was tied around his ankles. His handcuff was cuffed on his left wrist only, not both wrists, just the left wrist. And the radar cable was wrapped around his neck. His pistol was found underneath his shoulder, and there were two bullet casings nearby. It was clear that at least one bullet entered Chad's head but there was not really a sign of the other bullet. 
And another weird thing about this scene is that on one hand, he had March 3rd written on his hand. And on the other hand, the the name Robert was written. So, was he supposed to be a Robert on March 3rd? Or... I'm not really sure because also this is all happening on March 12th. So, like, what happened two weeks before on March 3rd? Like, what what's significant about that date? Right? Spoiler alert. We never find out. Well. Well, then. So, when they found him, Chad was still alive. So, they rushed him to the closest Huntsville hospital. But, unfortunately, he passed away shortly after arriving. Once again, in our professional couch investigator opinions, this sounds really fishy. Right. I, like, all of my antennas are up. They're going crazy right now. We know that Chad is supposedly doing undercover work. There's also reports of him hanging out with a rough crowd. And now he's found shot and tied up. Yes. So the Army's Criminal Investigation Division investigated investigated this case for four months before concluding that Chad had committed suicide. I'm going to take a sip of my drink while you process that. What? They want us to think that this is suicide. The man that is found tied up, handcuffed, shot in the head... He's laying on top of his gun. So, yes, he could have done that and, like, dropped the gun and then, like, fallen on it. But for me, two plus two is not adding up to four. Right. Like, I'm extra. We're all a little extra. <laughs> let's let's be yeah. that. Our friend group, we're all a little extra. Yes. But I'm not going to go so far as to tie myself up, handcuff myself. And do all that. No. Which, once again, it is important to remember that only one of his hands was handcuffed. So it is plausible what they're setting up to happen. It, it doesn't make it, sense but no. to me. No. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. They denied that he was doing any undercover work for the Army at all. They claimed that he had several psychological problems. Which none of his family or friends knew about, but he had several psychological problems. They said that he was depressed and suicidal in the days leading up to his death because his girlfriend had broken up with him. But remember, he broke up with Roxanne. Right. Like all of his friends and even she afterwards was like, he wasn't depressed because I broke up with him. I mean, he could have been depressed and broke up with me, but I did not break up with him. Right. So you can't use that as an excuse. He didn't... They, they said that he wanted him, he wanted to commit suicide in a manner that made it look like he was killed. But to me, it just looks like he was killed. Yeah. And like I said, Roxanne remembers seeing him like five days before his death. They were both at the nightclub on base. He was hanging out with a rough looking crowd. She didn't know any of them. He also started wearing like all black, completely changing how he looked. She even kind of feels like someone had convinced him to break up with her. Maybe to save her, maybe to keep her away from all of the undercover, quote unquote, drug related work. She just, she she doesn't feel like he broke up with her on his, like. Yeah, it's. He was trying to save her from whatever he was going through. Yes. 
Chad's family and friends don't believe any of the Army's claims either. They don't believe he was suicidal at all. They don't own up to any of his psychological issues that the Army tried to say that he had. Uh, they all remember how much he loved his job. And the breakup was his idea to focus more on his career. And just how the timing of everything makes his death very, very suspicious. It's also questionable what exactly the army investigated to conclude this as a suicide, because from what I could tell from my online research is that they never even checked the fingerprints. They didn't check the fingerprints on his gun, on the radio, on the handcuffs, or anything else found on the scene. They just walked up, saw the scene, rushed him to the hospital, and kind of like cleaned everything up. Okay. Not only did the army deny that Chad was involved in undercover drug work, they accused him of plotting to steal from the army pharmacy. They claimed that Chad was a part of a different group outside of the army that was planning on robbing the army pharmacy for nar narcotics and all these things that Chad is telling his family that he is investigating for the army. Right. <laughs> so to me, that's put on my little uh, antenna hat, my right. tinfoil <laughs> antenna hat. But to me, that means that somebody up in the army, some higher up in the army is trying to cover their tracks. Yes. And instead of saying, hey, he actually did die a hero for the army. No, instead, he's freaking crazy. He's fucking batshit crazy. And he was not a part of any of this. We don't even have any of this going on. He's the reason that we have these drugs missing in the first place. Not he was investigating it, but he's the reason that we're missing these drugs in the first place. Wow. So there are a few theories as to what happened because most people are not buying the suicide story. No. My main theory is that the army covered up his th death, as I just said. And that Chad was murdered, he was murdered to silence him for his drug-related undercover work. But there's also a little side story where after they found Chad's body, the army set up a roadblock a little while, like a mile away or something. And they stopped two suspicious man men that were driving in two separate cars. And they didn't, like the police that pulled him over, they did not bother to get these men, uh, the men's names. They didn't get the driver's license numbers. They didn't get the car tag numbers. They didn't get anything. They stopped these men at a roadblock that they were looking for suspicious people. Yeah. In reference to this death. And then they just let these men go. Interesting. It's especially interesting whenever an undercover informant later reveals that one of the men that got away, his name was Robert. What? <laughs> which is the name that was written on the hand. Along with the date March 3rd. So from that, you kind of go into the other direction. Yes. Was he killed by Robert on that date? 
somebody outside of the army that's the drug users, the drug, like, whether they were the kingpins of the town or whatever. Or is it the army covering all of this up? Yeah. It's so easily either way, because to me, the way that you, I don't know, I could really argue this case either way, but to conclude this, um, the mystery of Chad's death is still unsolved to this day. This happened in the early 1990s. His father, Jim, still has a $25,000 reward out for this. If you have any information leading to answers on this case, that $25,000 is yours. So this reach is a little bit closer than some of the reaches we are doing because this is in Alabama. But if you happen to know anybody or anything around this area dealing with this case, please contact authorities. This could be easily solved with just the smallest bit of information. Unless the army is actually the ones that are involved in this. In which case, we're never going to know I was an answer. Say we're never and in which know. this case, army, I never even talked about this. <laughs> I was not here. I was not here. I did not do any of this. Who? I, what? <laughs> what I podcast? Think, I think I drank a little bit too much tequila and that's what brought you this episode. <laughs> that was, uh, I want to know what the significance of Robert and what, May 3rd? March 3rd. March 3rd. March 3rd. Why were those two things written on the hand? I, my mind, like, the whole case is boggling to me because nothing yes. really added up at any point in it. And then, yeah. There is an unsolved episode about this that aired in like 1999 and still, once again, there has not been any new information to come out about this case, but I stumbled across this on TikTok and I can't get it out of my head. It's it's something. (laughs) It is something. The fact that, you know, maybe the army is involved, maybe not, like, I definitely think the army is involved it's just to what extent are they involved did they pay to have him murdered or did they just cover up the murder yeah that that's where i am unclear of the army's extent in this but i do wholeheartedly believe that he was doing drug undercover work most of the puzzle pieces add up to that being true and then from there, it's just, what was the Army's involvement? <laughs> and our government does some shady-ass shit, so I there mean, is yeah, no... yeah, it's... No telling. But... Yeah. Thanks for that. That was, um... That was something. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to another round of Last Call. I'm Trish, your bartender. And after that um, (laughs) mind-boggling case, I have a few fun alcohol facts for us, which some of these, as a bartender (laughs) for my (laughs) other job, are mind-boggling for me. So, did you know that every year, 24 people die after being hit by a champagne cork? I didn't know the exact number, but I knew that 
it was a thing. That's more deaths than than like spider bites. Yeah, I was watching. <laughs> I was watching a TikTok, and it was like there are more people that die from champagne corks every year than shark attacks. I mean, <laughs> I didn't want to be afraid said, of alcohol, but here right. we are. I mean, it's understandable because apparently champagne corks can reach up to fifty-five miles per hour once they leave a bottle. Oh yeah, I'm assuming that's like when you shake it up. That and would be that, our like... friend Sam's. Oh yes, <laughs> bottle of champagne. Uh, she likes to make a show out of it. Oh yes. So if that gives you a fear of alcohol, I'm so sorry that I have made you develop. I'm gonna butcher this so bad, but meth, methophobia. Methophobia. I would assume that would be afraid of meth, but... Nope, it is the fear of alcohol. I don't have that fear. (laughs) Another fun fact I have, and this one really screwed with me because Mr. Tyson Atkins, (laughs) CDC, whatever, who would preach up and down... Just call him out by full name. Yes, I will. Would preach up and down that bourbon had to be made in Bourbon County, Kentucky for it to be called bourbon is a liar. (laughs) There is no law stating this. I'm sorry, CDC. (laughs) There is no law stating that bourbon has to be made there. And yes, Bourbon County is named after like the bourbon manufacturing, but most of the bourbon is not made there anymore. Good so to we know. have been lied to. Fibbed to. <laughs> Moving on from that, <laughs> wine doesn't actually have to be made from grapes. What? Yeah. Wine doesn't oh. have to be made from grapes. One of the many examples it gave that I found interesting was an East African banana wine. Huh. So. I don't want to try that personally. You're not a wine person, but. uh, I'm not a banana person. Oh, yeah. But yeah, banana. I don't know why I said wine, but you do like wine. But um, what did it say? Fruit wine is still wine, plum, grapefruit, and lychee, lychee, I don't know, I've heard it pronounced many ways, um, are popular fruit wine flavors, but if you search the globe, there are many obscure selections. So, (laughs) the last one I think I'm going to close out with is, you, what would you think is the world's best-selling, like, spirit? Uh, I would love to say tequila. <laughs> that's just my best-selling spirit, personally. Yes. Um, hmm. Vodka? You would think. And that's probably what most people would say. But actually, the best-selling spirit is a Chinese spirit called Baju? B-A-I-J-I-U. I have no idea. Right? I have never heard of it. Never tried it. But it's apparently a whopping $23 billion market. Oh. Right? Maybe we do need to try this. So, well, 
though less well-known in the U.S., it's due to make waves soon. High in alcohol, distinct in taste, and a great accompaniment to Asian food. I know what I'll be trying next. Maybe. It will be endangering the sake bomb soon, according to this. All right, then. So, (laughs) once that becomes available, better look out for it here. (laughs) We will feature that. We will let you know point. what we feel about that because <laughs> if you've been listening, we're what probably I think we're like ten or so episodes in already. You know we like our our drinks strong, so uh, whew. can't wait. <laughs> I'm excited. But Lisa, I think that's where I'm gonna leave off those alcohol facts. There's there's you can search forever for alcohol facts. Oh, we'll but... come back. To it. <laughs> we will come back um, to this. I guess if you're enjoying what you hear, make sure to like, subscribe, follow, give us a rating on Apple, Spotify, Google um, if you can. I would say Google if you can. Um, where Tequila She Wrote on all those and on all social medias. Email us at tequila she wrote at gmail.com with um, request, cocktail recipes. Yes. If you want to say hey. Send us cute pet pet pictures. Uh, we do have Patreon. We may or may not have it fully set by the time this comes out. We are definitely working on it. So definitely we'll try to post something. Check us out. Yes. Um, be sure to check us out every Tuesday and Friday for our episode drops. And we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us on this Hot Mess Express ride. Toot toot. Beep beep.